You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. Hey everybody, this is Richard Deitch, and welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. I have uh, a guest this week. That really does not need an introduction. I will give him one anyway. And as I told them before we started, I'm sure I will do this quite mediocrely. But here we go. Jalen Rose is a studio analyst who appears on a variety of ESPN shows, including NBA Countdown, which you see on ABC and ESPN. He is a regular now on Get Up. He is also the co-host of the popular podcast slash afternoon television show, Jalen and Jacoby. You see him also on SportsCenter and some other ESPN entities. Uh, Very important to him. In 2011, he established the Jalen Rose Leadership Academy, which is an open enrollment public charter school, high school, I should say, in Detroit, uh, that gives students a leadership-focused education. Google that, J-R-A-L. They're doing some amazing things there. Jalen Rose, I've talked to a couple of times, and it's great to have him back on the Sports Media Podcast. Jalen, thank you very much for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank you for the love. I appreciate the intro, man. Like just going down memory lane when, with that amazing introduction. I've been doing television for the NBA Finals since Lakers and Nets. What was that? Two thousand and two. Oh man, I think that was not. Yeah, I know. Nineteen forty-eight, Jalen. You've been on the air since then. It's been fantastic. Um, I, I all right, Jalen. This is this is a love. thanks for having me on. <laughs> you got it. So this is a good segue here because you have now been with ESPN in some kind of formal capacity for 12 years. You played in the NBA for 13 years. And so I, I wanted to just get your sort of just top of uh, mind observation. You have now, you're very close in terms of being an ESPN employee in terms of duration than you did play in the league. That kind of spun my head when I saw that today. Wow, that's fortunate enough to be in a position to accomplish the best of both worlds. I grew up uh, loving basketball, and my biological father was the number one pick in the 1967 NBA draft and playing at Southwestern and playing at Michigan. I hope to one day shake the late, great David Stern's hand. So, of course, I'm going to show up with a red and white pinstripe suit and red gaiters. And really fortunate to play in the NBA, as you mentioned. And now people like Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, they, they know my name. They, they actually know my name. It's, it's been such an amazing ride. And as you alluded to, working full-time at ESPN since 2007. Between 2002 to 2007, practicing my media chops since me- radio TV film was my major at Michigan, whether top-ranked boxer, NFL Network, cold pizza before it was first take, best damn sports show. And as you mentioned, now in a position to Work full time at ESPN almost as long as I've been in the NBA. It just shows that I'm a roach. I, you know, I know how to reinvent myself. I, I really do because those jobs, as you know, 
they don't necessarily breed staying power. The NBA probably has 80 players that are currently in the league right now that won't be next year. And the same type of turnover happens in multimedia, especially on a national level, and it's elevated via television. So I'm really fortunate that I pretend to try to make it look easy and I'm not working hard, but I'm planning outfits, I'm getting haircuts, I'm studying every sport because we talk about them on every platform. And uh, I really appreciate the opportunities I've been given and all the people that I get a chance to work with. Jalen, you... um... You have a lot of assignments at ESPN. I mean, you are one of the busier people who are part of that company. You mentioned uh, multimedia. You, you, um, we can find your work on various mediums, both television and digital. So it's very clear that you like to work. And I wonder how much of that, how much of this has been strategic in terms of you want to be someone who's busy, you want to be someone who has a number of different uh, sports to make yourself um, that much more valuable versus just happenstance that it just so happened that even though you um, you are a former NBA player and have an NBA background, happenstance just happened where you ended up doing some of these other things that involve content that has nothing to do with the NBA. Oh, that one's easy. That's that that one's easy, Richard, because I grew up looking in the mirror, being a tall point guard, and I was telling myself. Since 1973, I'm the next Magic Johnson. I'm Magic Johnson. So when I looked in the mirror and I did not see him, it didn't matter what the rest of the world thought or who wanted my autograph. And I'm very fortunate that my mother ushered a name into the lexicon, Jalen, a combination of my biological father, James, and my uncle, Leonard. And so... That that kept me humble. So I was like, okay, since I wasn't an all-time great player like my childhood idol Magic or Isaiah, then I want to be an all-time great multimedia personality. And I see a lot of great talents, you know, popping up in various forms on various networks and whether it's print or whether it's social media or whatnot. But we just talked about how I – became somebody that was like a, a forefather to former athletes, in particular basketball players, doing multimedia on a national level. I was inspired in the late 80s when Jason Williams was playing for the Nets, and he was also working for NBC. That was one of the first players I saw doing it. And then John Sally with Best Damn Sports Show, one of the first basketball players to be on the Monday through Friday show. So I looked at the landscape, and I always try to do things that I feel like there's holes in the coverage. So initially it was like, oh, okay, I'm going to wear my hair like this. Okay, people caught up with that. Now I'm going to get waves in my hair. All right, I'm going to really wear nice two-piece suits. All right, people caught up with that, so now I'm going to go double-breasted. Okay, people wearing collared shirts and, you know, ties. Okay, I'm going to go turtlenecks and tie pins and flowers you have to reinvent yourself as, as a media personality and like, like you have to do as a player to become a vet in order to have staying power. And so in doing it for so very long, I, I've been fortunate enough to have 
some unique jobs at ESPN. I've worked for Monday through Friday shows like Numbers Never Lie, um, Get Up, help launch a new show, and you know how tough that is to do in, the, in this lexicon. And also Jalen and Jacoby, that Bill Simmons helped usher into the industry, and we've been going strong for nine years. So now I look up and that work ethic and that discipline and changing catchphrases and changing how, you know, I deliver highlights and, you know, support multiple shows at the network, it now has graduated into, wait a minute, I woke up and I got, I got a lot of parking spots. And what I mean by that is you're on the show Monday through Friday and your name is on the guy. That's kind of like a motivating factor for me. And so having that with Get Up, having that with Jalen and Jacoby, and then obviously the NBA platform where we have Christmas Day in the NBA Finals, it just continues that thirst of not only wanting to be one of the best, but take victory laps today. Like, oh, Mike McCarthy got hired by the Cowboys? I told y'all that was going to happen. I knew that was going to happen. Oh, the Vikings, the Saints. I told y'all the Vikings were good all season. So it's just trying to stay current and trying to be an industry tastemaker and be a seasoned veteran in the game at this point. Jalen, what is your definition of good sports television? My definition of good sports television is when I'm holding the remote and I'm watching you, I don't know what you're going to say. I don't know what the topic may be, but I can learn something. I can laugh, and I'm going to see um, something that's visual. I think one of the things that a lot of people underestimate that do television is a large portion of your audience isn't actually hearing what you're saying at certain times when they're watching TV, whether they're at an airport or whether they're in transit. There's so many times where people are viewing the television, but they're not hearing it. So that's why it's always, for example, important to me, like on a show like Jalen and Jacoby, I wanted to place what I call immortals on the wall because it creates a visual when you're not speaking. I'm conscious to, in my own mind, try to be dapperly dressed because you get a chance to hear me, to try to have a fresh cut because you're you're not hearing me. So those are the things that I think people want in a show. Of so many times on television you say, I want to get that barbershop talk. But then people think that's not wearing a blazer or not buttoning having your top button open but with having your top button open. But it's more of the content that you're able to deliver, and ultimately you gain a trust and a respect for the audience because they feel like whatever you're saying is unbiased and unfiltered. Jalen, NBA Countdown has gone through a lot of transition since um, since you joined that group. You have been essentially the constant uh, since... If I have my dates right, I think since 2012. So basically we're talking seven, eight years. How have you managed to sort of navigate the changes around you and maintain a spot on that set? It's almost like being a professional athlete. Sometimes players get traded, players get cut, players retire, players get injured. But you still have to show up, be a professional, and perform at your best in order to try to 
give your consistent contribution to the team. And also, our coverage is, is, is really extensive because we have games on Wednesday. We have games on Friday. Later in January, we have games on Saturday and Sunday. So I look up, and the schedule sometimes has me doing Jalen and Jacoby Monday through Friday, along with Get Up, and then doing Countdown Saturday, Sunday. And so that was an obligation that I wanted to create. I wanted that opportunity because not many people get to work on ESPN, ESPN2, and ABC. So for me as a former basketball player in particular and an athlete, I look at the landscape and when it's like usually if you're going to talk about sports, you're going to find a former, a, a talented former football player because you feel like that's the more popular sport in America. So if you notice, you have no particular order. Strahan, Shannon Sharp, Marcellus Wiley, Mike Golick, uh, all doing Monday through Friday shows. And I sat back and looked at the landscape and was like, I have to kick in the door for not only athletes and other facets, like being the founder of a school and stuff, but also former basketball players to show that, you know, we can talk whatever sport it is regardless of the season also. So that just translates to the changes in countdown of I love the game, it's a great opportunity. And as you alluded to, I've worked with, you know, multiple hosts. I hope I don't forget anyone. Doris on Wednesdays, Sage, um, Cassidy, Maria Taylor, Rachel Nichols, all during that period of time. Um, terrific co-host, whether it's Magic and Wilbon and Bill, Avery Johnson, Chauncey and Paul, my brother Doug Collins, who I learned so much from, um, and, and now Jay Williams, Paul Pierce, Richard Jefferson. And so, it, again, it's like sports in order to play with multiple teammates, you have to pay attention to, you know, what makes them tick, jokes you can say, things you shouldn't say, what what is or isn't too far, you know, catchphrases that may or may not go over their head, may or may not be in their age bracket. Like when I'm on television and I'm like, hey, Doug, and I said something, and it was like, and we like, what happened to that boy? I, I was I was really enthusiastic that he would know a clips record. And so like that but ultimately the change that plays out on T V is the one that usually is happening behind the scenes. And so Amina Hussein has been our rock, has been our leader, has um done so much for the creative of the show, um, has been there as long as I have. But other than that, we've seen a lot of people come and go as leadership on the show. Um, Tim Corrigan. I, I don't even want to start naming people because I know I'm going to forget somebody, but I think we've probably had seven or eight leaders over that period of time directly and indirectly as well. So 
that ends up lending the change that you see via the set. But I must say, the show sometimes gets in a rap like it isn't successful. Those are people that's not paying attention to the growth of the show. And I don't judge all good shows by the ratings. You and I know that, you know, that's not necessarily what's going to only judge a really, you know, really good show. But the ratings were up last year with our former crew. Oh, I forgot Michelle Beadle and my host. That's why I hate naming people. And uh, they're up this year on the days that I've seen so far. So it's a great opportunity. I'm really fortunate. All right, let's take a moment uh, away from our conversation to talk about something that is incredibly important to all of us, and that is sleep. Uh, I have never been the best sleeper. I've had sort of times in my life where uh, sleep has been incredible, and, uh, you know, I'm sleeping like a professional athlete, and then other times it's just been an absolute... uh, an absolute mess and an absolute struggle. I know as we are here in the new year, 2020, that for some people, a resolution is to get uh, better sleep, to have a better sleep routine, become more mindful, create a healthier lifestyle through diet, exercise, and sleep is a massive part of this. Uh, one thing you got to take the TV out of your out of your room that that will help immensely. All right, let's talk about uh, how you can do that, and how you do that is with the Sleep Number 360-degree smart bed that helps everyone get proven quality sleep that will change their life. You can use the Sleep IQ app to help create uh, your routine and to uh, to get you basically set for your 2020 resolution if being healthier and getting better sleep is indeed your resolution. Sleep number, basically, they have individual fit technology. So basically, you get that only at a sleep number store. And we encourage you to check out any of the sleep number stores that are out there to explore the science behind the bed. You can visually see your body's pressure points reacting to a sleep number 360 smart bed. It is, uh, it's absolutely kind of incredible it is uh it is basically the smartest choice for sleep an incredible bed for couples sleep number beds allow you to adjust on each side for your for your ideal firmness for amazing comfort and great support the sleep number 360 smart bed senses your movements and it automatically adjusts to keep you sleeping comfortably through the night and with sleep iq technology inside the bed it's kind of amazing it tracks how you're sleeping and it gives you personalized insights for your best sleep. Here's the important part. Discover proven quality sleep with the Sleep Number 360-degree smart bed. Save $1,000 on a Queen Special Edition smart bed. Now just $1,799 during the January sale only at a Sleep Number store. Or go to sleepnumber.com slash cadence. That's sleepnumber.com slash cadence. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Jalen, I want to ask you about uh, one question about the NBA viewership because it's been a big topic of discussion among um, among people in the league and obviously among people like myself who write about media. Um, how, how would you address the viewership declines for the NBA if given the power to strategically do anything when it comes to the television product? Well, it's cyclical. Um, not to show my age, but I- I've seen the league go through all types of peaks and valleys, whether it was the games being on tape delayed in the early 80s and marketers and promoters didn't really know if they wanted to invest to the Lakers and the Celtics playing eight out of ten of the finals and the the Magic and Bird rivalry continued since college and then Michael Jordan and Akeem Olajuwon got drafted. Dr. J was in his heyday. The bad boy Pistons came. Like, I, I could go on and on. And then Michael Jordan hit the league like a lightning bolt. And before you know it, he retires and people feel like the league isn't the same. Yeah, some rules got changed, but then here comes Tim Duncan, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant. And then burst LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, um, Dirk Nowitzki. So the league is going to have its peaks and valleys based on its core audience on a couple of things. One, usually the teams that are designated to play national television games are chosen based on the success they had the prior year. So let's look at some of the teams from last year's NBA to now. The Raptors are the defending champions, but lost the finals MVP. The Golden State Warriors made five straight finals, won three championships. Not only did they lose Kevin Durant, but both of the Splash brothers are injured. New Orleans gets the big prize in the NBA draft, Zion Williamson. He hasn't played an NBA game. The major markets are going in different directions, unfortunately, until KD and Kyrie returns hypothetically. And that's when the best players are in California, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, the East Coast fans aren't staying up till 12 o'clock to watch the fourth quarter. And then on the East Coast, I mentioned the two big guns for the Nets that aren't playing, and the Knicks have already fired their coach. Right. So when all of those things are happening at the same time, there's going to be a dip in viewership. There are more reasons, but I think that that's the major one. I think if all of those situations are hitting on all cylinders, the viewership is, is as outstanding as it's been pretty much as I've been covering the league. Do you think an in-season tournament is an interesting media property? I think it is something that can give normal eyeballs instead of possibly turning in during Christmas to turn in during Thanksgiving. I think always making the fan believe that the player is invested in tonight's game especially early in the season, means something, especially when the term low management came and went so fast for obvious reasons. And so I understand it from that perspective. I don't think necessarily 
players will take as much pride in it as the best players take in winning championships. And I, I, I applaud the best players for being about the big goal. I, in my own way, sort of blamed media and fans for making it only about ring chasing. So now we count rings instead of appreciating greatness, which are two different things. And so players are like, wait a minute, you don't care if I play in November? You don't care if I play for Team USA? All you want me to do is win championships? Okay, cool. Not only are we going to join up together, but I'm going to take nights off during the regular season to make sure I'm ready to go in the playoffs because that's all you guys talking care about. I can have a great game in January, and all you guys do is say, well, that ain't going to work in the playoffs. And then you're going to compare me to my numbers? Also, oh, analytics are going to run the game. Okay. So I get a bonus based on making 40% of my threes or having low turnovers. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to shoot when I'm wide open, and I'm not going to take chances with the ball. So players have gotten so very intelligent that they now understand the pulse of the people and that people don't necessarily always root for individual teams. They root for players. Players now realize I can have longevity in my career and make more money, plus put myself in a position not to have rivals. We're exchanging jerseys at the end of the game, but to win rings. All right, let's take a break from our conversation for a moment, and we're going to talk about health IQ. If you're somebody out there who is in incredibly great shape, really like, you know, uh, takes the time to maintain a great diet and fitness and just has their stuff together. You know, somebody who averages eight hours of sleep, uh, you exercise four times a week. Basically, you are doing everything right to ensure that you live a long life. Isn't it time that you're financially rewarded for your commitment to a healthy lifestyle? You're doing everything right for your health today. But if you're not planning for the what-ifs of tomorrow, then it's time that you do. The problem is, and this impacts a lot of us, the health conscious have overpaid and subsidized those who are less health conscious. It's not a conspiracy. It's just how life insurance works. And that's where Health IQ comes in. Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates for people like you on their life insurance. If you're a runner or a cyclist, if you're in a CrossFit, if you're any type of athlete, even a committed athlete who goes at it every weekend. If you're a vegetarian or a vegan, then you deserve to be re- rewarded for your hard work with more affordable life insurance rates. Health IQ can save you up to 41% because physically active people have significantly less risks, lower risks for heart disease, cancer, and diabetes. And Health IQ is not just a lead generator. They take the customer through the entire process of applying, and that policy is underwritten by one of our top insurance partners. But these savings are exclusive to Health IQ. You won't find them anywhere else, and you must qualify to get a special rate. Now, this is the important part. Listen up. To see if you qualify, go to healthiq.com slash Richard. That's healthiq.com slash Richard. And you take the proprietary Health IQ quiz. Depending on your score, as well as any other related qualifying factors, you can save up to 41% on your life insurance premiums compared to other providers. Again, that's healthiq.com slash Richard. Let them know we sent you, and you can start the process with the Health IQ quiz. 
There is no commitment, and you'll learn even more about potential opportunities to be rewarded for your commitment to living healthy. One more time, for all you good shape people out there, that's healthiq.com slash Richard. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Jalen, uh, a couple more here. This was really interesting to me. You, a couple, uh, and I recommend anybody who's listening to this podcast to uh, check this out. But uh, a couple months ago, you did a really interesting interview with The New Yorker. You did their sort of uh, well-known Q&A page, which, uh, um, <laughs> quite frankly, has gotten some people in trouble. You, you came out of there on the other side not very nicely. And uh, one of the questions you got asked about was about um, analytics and advanced stats in the conversation around sports. And the interviewer asked you, like, sort of, if, if you thought that it was sort of fair to use analytics to evaluate players as a generalization. And here's what you said. I'll read you the whole answer because I thought it was really, really interesting. So this is Jalen Rose here. When you play, for example, someone like me who has been playing my entire life, for some strange reason, that experience gets diminished when it's time to talk about powerful position in sports. Like he doesn't have experience. There's no bigger experience than being in the foxhole, in the huddles and out on the floor, being a part of the game plan and being playing game planned against. But also all the people you have to learn from, your teammates, the coaches, how to navigate with the media, how to navigate with the fans. Instead of it being he doesn't have experience, it really should be he has more experience than almost anybody walking the earth. I thought that was a fascinating answer, Jalen. And to me, what it spoke to is this notion of devaluing player intellect. Like the devaluing of a player's experience versus someone else with the experience of having uh, an analytical bent or mathematics degree. And I wonder for you if you could just sort of expand on the whole notion of, of players maybe not getting their due when it comes to the ability to evaluate the sport. Absolutely. So I, I like to use this example for me, it's cringeworthy sometimes when I see former players talk about people doing analysis of the game and they basically use, oh, you're not in a position to analyze because you didn't play. That's, that's ignorant to me. Um, also, when a player feels like I'm so great that nobody can't, criticize me unless they accomplish what I accomplished or more. That's also ludicrous. You know who can have an opinion? People who work really hard, are really read, study a lot, have great relationships, are present, and are going to make sure that they do their due diligence time and time again. Because as you know, like money, media doesn't sleep. This is a 24-7, 365 thing. And I know so many people probably come up to you and say, well, how did you gain the popularity that you have or the respect that you have? And I'm pretty sure you constantly tell them, like, this is a multitasking thing and an informational thing where it, it doesn't sleep 24-7, 365. That does exist. 
However, if you are somebody that does all of those things, plus you happen to be a former player, that gives you an advantage, not the other way around. It gives you on-job experience at the elite levels. And by the way, don't underestimate playing AAU, playing in the backyard, playing at the park, playing at the YMCA, playing in high school, playing in college, playing in the league, playing for multiple coaches, playing for multiple teams. Like All of that make, makes you a sponge for information because you – been there, done that, literally in the foxhole. But what ends up happening for powerful positions in sports, not just the NBA, ownership, I understand that that's, that's somewhat of a business of nepotism in a lot of ways where you can pass the team on for generations like we see with the Knicks or the Lakers. Or then you may have what was considered like the baby boomer owners, I guess, like a a Mark Cuban, I guess he hasn't been called a baby in a while. People had got a billion dollars before they bought a team, so to speak. Whatever that term is, maybe if I used it wrong. But when you start to filter down under that, and I'm talking about the predominantly black sports in particular, the NFL and the NBA, look at the power players and the decision makers, and unfortunately they're featured by – the majority and not clearly represented by the minority based on what I'm watching on the court and the field. And that goes to college basketball and especially college football too. So now all of a sudden the decision makers, president, GM, head coach, when it gets to a point where my playing experience is diminished, but a lot of the trades that you just mentioned your experience is elevated. Oh, and by the way, I'm an individual, for those listening, I actually was an honor roll student in high school, made the dean's list in Michigan, and graduated from college. So being a member of the Fab Five and an All-American in Southwestern was the headline, but the story was I was taking care of business in the classroom. But it gets overlooked in sports because in sports you're required to be a role model and be educated. But you're not required to do that in some professions, like acting, like singing or rapping. You're not required to necessarily be a role model. So this is a really disciplined individual that had to be coached, had to be on time, had to sacrifice, had to be in shape, had to get their grades, had to do all of these things. And so now all of a sudden, here's my resume. You can't diminish everything I did and just say, oh, but he has zero head coaching experience. That's just a title. I got life experience, which trumps everything, and that's basically what I was alluding to. I have three more for you, Jalen, and I appreciate your time. Um, How frustrating, by the way, if that's the right word, and if it's not the right word, please correct me, but how frustrating is it for you with ESPN having told its people do not talk about politics on your social media feeds. So it's one of those things that uh, you make sacrifices when you decide to work in corporate America, and that's just how it goes. And for anybody that has a boss, there's certain things you just can and can't do. And what ends up happening is 
you also want to use your voice for good, for positive, especially me. And the reason why I say that is if anybody's paid attention to my track record, I've always been socially and politically conscious. I founded a charter high school in my neighborhood in 2011. And not only do we graduate young people from high school, but we also graduate from scholars from college. I currently serve around 800 kids between ninth grade and 12th grade. So usually when those topics come up that I'm passionate about as they relate to education, I do express myself. I have not been discouraged from doing so. The unique thing that happened overall in our country was the elephant in the room is that we had a president that also would send messages about sports. So that now blurries the line of should we be discussing politics and or having an opinion with the highest office in the land? Or here's another way, instead of frustrating to look at it, or just ignoring it and hoping that, um, you know, hoping that the, hoping that the decision-making doesn't be divisive as a lot of us have thought that it has been at certain points. Final two, Jalen, your, um, your wife, your wife, Molly is the host of first take. She has a very, very successful broadcasting career. Um, she also has navigated through, um, you know, through ESPN to sort of find her place and find her role. I wonder for you guys as a couple, how much does the discussion of your careers, career paths, strategies, how much of that extends to your home life? Or do you opt to leave that at work and you want your home life to be separate from your business life, if that could even be possible? We take pride in being a sports power couple. And in order to do that, like any relationship, you love you enlighten, and you continue to challenge one another for opportunities that you're passionate about and that you hope for and that you believe in and give support and try to make each other better. And when there are days when um, you don't want to talk about sports or you don't want to talk about work, we have those too. We're not in the car um, talking about the score of her New York Giants every day and or what crazy outfit I probably wore on television, usually what ends up happening, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> when you're in a relationship with somebody, and I joke like when you're dating, I tell her that she was listening to the radio show for two straight hours and giving me feedback. Now, I'm probably one of the only people in the industry that's doing three major shows on television, and you never even watch sometimes. <laughs> that's right. Right? You, you, you know how that yep. works, right? You remember how the people that love you was always listening to your podcast and liking your tweets and doing all of that stuff? <laughs> so so it, 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 it's a healthy balance of that, but... We're really fortunate, and uh, we take pride in not only, you know, 
being effective at our job. She's been doing it for 13 years for various networks. And now on one of the most popular shows that the network can first take, um, the opportunities that I'm given. So we feel like uh, we run in the race and respectfully for right now in sports power couples is up for, it's up for other people to catch up, not the other way around. I like it. I like the swag. Um, all right, final question here. Um, Carissa Thompson is somebody who I know you know. She's been on my podcast a couple of times, and she said something to me that um, you told her once that always stuck with her, and I have heard it repeated from beyond Carissa, and I always remembered when Carissa said it. And that is, she said, or she told me, Appreci- appreciate your position, but plan your promotion. Jalen Rose yeah. told me this one time, and it's and it's always stuck with me. So that's the sort of the preamble to my question for you is, you know, you you could have another twenty years in broadcasting. I think if you you want it, um, how long do you want to be doing what you're doing, and how are you sort of formulating where you think you're going to be over, let's say, the next ten to fifteen years? That's a terrific question, and I love CT. She just got engaged. I was following her on Instagram, and she got engaged. I'm so happy for her. She deserves it. She's the best. And I see she's taking that baton and run because she's on a prime NFL show. I saw her doing her E or her extra stuff in and out of Las Vegas. And uh, the the one thing about being an athlete, it gives you a background to change, whether you like it or not. And... Sometimes being appreciated is you allow somebody to go ahead of you in traffic. Sometimes people are going to say thank you and wave. Sometimes they're not. Other times they might just flip you off. Then you learn like, wow, am I doing this for the love or am I doing this because it's an opportunity? And there are things that you can't control. If it was up to me and I guess I had a, an opportunity to dictate what my next 25 years will be, they no doubt will be working at ESPN um, doing the opportunities that I'm doing or any future opportunities that come not only in front of the camera but production-wise. Off the floor and away from ESPN – um, I, I'm very passionate about the state of Michigan and my hometown of Detroit. Dave being the Hall of Famer is my godfather. Um, he's one of the mentors in my life that encouraged me to do more, along with Isaiah Thomas, than just be a former basketball player to give back and uh, support as much as I can. So I don't know if I'll end up being a mayor of Detroit or a governor of the state of Michigan. But when you ask me things that I thought about, been asked about, and had my eye out for, that's something. Um, I would love to be a minority owner with the Detroit Pistons. Um, they play downtown in Little Caesars Arena. And, uh, I feel like there's a wealth of things that I can bring to the table. I love their owner, Tom Gores, who's also a sport of um, JRLA. He's also a friend of mine. He and his wife have been terrific to me. 
and Aaron Tellum is my former agent in the NBA, and I applaud him uh, bringing the team downtown. So that's something that stood out to me, and another career opportunity that may or may not present itself could be coaching or on co- on the college, on the collegiate, and or professional level. So those probably are a handful of things that uh, as I continue to plant seeds and continue to try to be one of the best at what I do, those probably situations, opportunities, potentials that may have crossed my mind. But I love working for ABC and ESPN. And uh, if they'll have me, I'll do this until I'm Hubie Brown's age. <laughs> Jalen Rose is a studio analyst who uh, appears on many different ESPN shows, but uh, the big ones for him are NBA Countdown, Get Up, and, of course, uh, Jalen and Jacoby. And like I said at the top, check out the Jalen Rose Leadership Academy. Go online, Jr. L.A., um, one of the best things that uh, uh, anybody in uh, my business has done. Listen, Jalen, you've always been generous with your time uh, with me when we've talked, and I've always enjoyed these conversations. Continued success, and thanks very much for joining me today on the Sports Media Podcast. Anytime. I appreciate the love, and I'm sorry your Raptors dealing with so many injuries. Man. Jalen, I, I just want you to know, I had your back when you were telling all of us that Kawhi was coming. I was, you know, this I was setting my shop up for the next decade of rings, and uh, and now I have to see that guy ply ply his trade in uh, in LA. <laughs> I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back in the studio. My thanks to Jalen Rose, who's always great about uh, uh, giving time on these kind of um, interview requests, and he's a very, very good podcast guy. Obviously, sort of, you know, water is wet. It's not really a, a big statement there. Um, two people edited this podcast, so a big shout out to Molly Nugent and Patrick Antonetti for uh, for coming through. Uh, we're taping this at a uh, later in the day, much different time than I usually uh, tape for this. If you uh, like the conversation that you just heard head to the sports media with richard deitch page and last couple podcast guests adam amin also a vspn up and coming broadcaster uh jim ross the famed wrestling announcer before that joan neeson who is uh who was a sports illustrated writer laid off by the maven and has sort of been updating us on what uh what life is like as a freelancer before that joe buck the fox announcer uh before that james andrew miller who's also part of the cadence 13 family and then just go through basically the list of guests um on this podcast i think you will find um a subject if you're interested in sports media uh that you'll like if you like this kind of stuff please uh, subscribe uh leave us a five-star review that is uh that is basically the way this stuff uh continues uh all right again for uh for molly and patrick for everybody at cadence 13 who supports this podcast chris corcoran spencer brown uh john mcdermott sean cherry This is Richard Deitch. We'll see you again on the Sports Media Podcast.